Well, good morning. Welcome to Salem Chapel. And uh, man, you're you're in for a treat today. Uh, today, uh, we are blessed uh, to hear from Jamin Stinziano. I know that you, you would not know who that is, but um, he is one of the founding pastors of Summit Church in Southwest Florida. Uh, if you know me, you know that that's where uh, the Lord allowed uh, me and our family to be able to serve uh, for many years down there. And Aaron, our executive pastor, also served down there. And so what you need to know, I've said this to many of you, uh, really that's the place that God really formed my conviction of the nature and purpose of the church, what it means to be gospel-centered. And so it's a privilege to be able to have Jamin, one of my good friends, come uh, from Southwest Florida, be here today, be able to open up God's word. So can you give Jamin a hand this morning? Uh, good morning, Salem Chapel. I'm so glad to be here with you today. What a, what a treat it is for me to be able to join you here in Winston-Salem. Uh, you know, uh, Johnny and Aaron have told me so much about you, and uh, we hated to lose Johnny and Aaron, uh, but we're so thankful that the Lord has sent them to just another wonderful work up here. And I only think it's fair that since you got them, we get your worship team. So if you guys wouldn't mind just giving them up, that, that was such a wonderful time being with them. You all are so blessed to uh, have a church body like this. I come from Southwest Florida, Fort Myers, Naples area, if you all are familiar with that area. And, and one of the wonderful things I get to do at my church is I get to go to three different congregations of Summit Church, and I get to share the good news of what Jesus is doing in Southwest Florida. I get to go to different communities and to remind them that the same God who's stirring in their community is stirring in another community. And so I'm thankful today to be able to come here and to see God stirring in a community up here, to recognize that my God is on the move, our God is on the move. God is saving people, he's drawing people to himself, he's healing marriages, he's restoring souls just like he's done for you. And so I get to go home after this weekend and I get to tell the people of Summit Church, hey, God is doing a wonderful thing up there in North Carolina. And so be encouraged by that. Thank you for stirring my soul today. So we're going to be in Psalm chapter 124. I'm going to continue this series that you all have been in entitled Look Up. And I love this opportunity for me to come from the outside as a friend of Salem Chapel uh, to exhort you this morning. And, and here's the, the word that I'm going to exhort you with this morning. Look up, Salem Chapel, for the Lord is your help and he is on your side. Let me say it again. Look up, Salem Chapel, for the Lord is your help and he is on your side. That's what we're going to see in Psalm 124 today. Now, I'm not naive uh, to think that you are coming into this place uh, having a perfect life. I'm quite sure you've had a very interesting week filled with ups and downs in fact, some of you come into this place uh, burdened today. Maybe it's a, it's a physical burden or it's an emotional burden. Maybe it's a spiritual or a relational burden. You come in and you find yourself today wondering if God truly is as good as we say that he is. You come in today wondering if God truly is faithful, if God truly is able to turn uh, the ashes into beauty if he's truly able to give life to your weary soul and your weary bones, and if that's you today, if you come in today needing the healing touch of the Lord, maybe again physically, emotionally, spiritually, or, re or relationally, I really believe the Lord wants to minister to you today. I believe the Lord wants to speak to you today, and he wants to comfort your soul today, and he wants to remind you of the beauty of Jesus and his kingdom. 
Jesus and his kingdom, it makes all the difference, doesn't it? It changes everything about us. It changes the places where we live, where we work, where we play, as you all say here, where you study. It changes the, the very nature of the life that we're living. And so we as good news people get to jump into a psalm like Psalm 124 and, and recognize the goodness of the Lord in it and say, God, we know that you have been good. We know that you are good, and we know that you're going to continue to be good. So God, would you show us your faithfulness this morning? And so I want to even just go to the Lord, if that's okay with you. I want to just spend a few moments in silence. I want to spend a few moments in silence. And if you bring anything into this room today, this is an opportunity for you to just give it to the Lord, to just ask the Lord to speak to you, to minister to you, to meet you wherever you are, and then we'll jump into our time here together, okay? So let's just spend a few moments in silence, and then I'll voice a prayer for us. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity to come, and Father, we ask right now that you would speak, that you'd speak clearly, God, that you would speak whatever it is that our souls need to hear today. For those who come in on the mountaintop, God, we rejoice, and we're so thankful that you meet us in that place, and God, for those who come in the valley, we're so thankful that you meet us there as well, God, that you love us enough to meet us in those places and everywhere in between. So God, right now as we talk about what it looks like that you are on the side of your people, I ask that you would show us what it looks like to take hold of the help that you offer to us. Father, we thank you uh, most notably for Jesus who came and lived and died and was resurrected for us. God, we thank you that he ascended to the right hand and throne and God, that someday he's coming back for us. And so we live in light of that wonderful day when all will be restored and all will be made new. Father, we thank you for meeting with us here and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so look up, Salem Chapel. The Lord is your help, and he's on your side. Psalm 118, verses 6 through 7, voice this as well. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear, the psalmist says. What can man do to me? The Lord's on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. Uh, R.C. Sproul says it this way. The God, that God fights for us is easy to confess with our mouths, but it's much harder to believe in our hearts. Do you know what I mean by that? It's much easier to confess it with our mouths than to actually believe it in our hearts in the moment. So we must turn repeatedly to the promise that God will fight on our side, that we may rest confident in him no matter what assails us. So let's look at this song of ascent. If you remember, uh, Psalm 124 is part of a, a greater work, the songs of ascent, where the people of God would sing these songs as they were going to worship, as they're going up the hill to the city of God. They would look to that place and they would rejoice or they would lament and they would sing these songs reminding one another of the goodness of God and the way that he's cared for them as a people. And I'm so thankful that in Jesus we have an example of what that looks like to live that way. Jesus came, lived amongst us, had the same experiences that the people around him had, had the ups and downs of life. But if you remember, his eyes were always set forward, not ignoring the present, but always looking to that glory that he was going to experience with the Father. And so just like that, we have an opportunity to live that way. So this is a song of ascent of David. 
possibly written after a, a victory against the Philistines. Uh, some would say the story would be found in 2 Samuel chapter 5 when David goes to the Lord and says, hey, Lord, should I go? I'm not going to go if you don't tell me. And the Lord says, you should go. And then there's a wonderful victory. And then David says again, Lord, should I go? And that time the Lord says, you shouldn't go. Instead, do it this way. And David recognizes that the Lord was on his side. He was his help. And there was a, a magnificent victory. And so David writes these words. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, in other words, come on, say it again, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. So that idea of being on our side, it's the picture of being with us. And so David is saying, if the Lord wasn't with us, come on, let me hear you say it now, just like a cheerleader, call it out, bring it to light, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, who was with us. When people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. That idea of swallowing, it's this picture of being engulfed. They would have swallowed us up alive when their anger was kindled against us, as if their fiery nostrils were burning in our direction. If it was not the Lord who was on our side, verse 4, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us would have pulled us along. We would have been helpless and unable to take care of ourselves. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Verse six, but blessed be the Lord. Praise the Lord in this place. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. The imagery there is of an animal who is tearing its prey so that it can eat it. And David here is saying, blessed be the Lord, he hasn't given us over to our enemies to be torn into pieces. Instead, we've escaped like a bird. We fled to safety from the snare of the followers, of, of the fowlers. The snare is broken. It's smashed and it's destroyed. And we have escaped. Do you know that today, Salem Chapel? Verse 8, look at this. Our help, our assistance, our help is in the name of the Lord. You, you probably know that when the psalmist or the, the biblical writers talk about the name of the Lord, they're referring to the character of the Lord, not just these letters, but to who God is. It's his nature. It's his character. It's the way he is. It's what he does. And what David is saying here is our help is in the character of the Lord. It's in who he is and what he does. This God who made heaven and earth. One author, Leslie Allen, says this. You won't see this on your screen. I apologize for this. It's a little bit long, so just, just listen. In summarizing this psalm, she says this. Here in one beautiful psalm are brought together Yahweh's ever-repeated gifts of salvation and renewal. The people, that's you and me, never immune from suffering, celebrate the redeeming power of God in their past history, and are sustained thereby. An almighty Savior is the Savior still. This is the glad testimony of the psalm, sung by those who know themselves to be survivors and credit their survival to God's grace. Do you know yourself today as a survivor? And do you recognize today that you survive uh, because of God's great grace in your life? And so I want to consider what it means that God is on our side, that he is our help. 
I want to look at some very specific circumstances that David highlights here, and then I want to talk about what that means for us today, how we can leave this place today chewing on the good news of what God has done for us. So look up, Salem Chapel. The Lord's your help. He is on your side. Come on, let me hear it again. Look up, Salem Chapel, just like David says. The Lord is your help, and he's on your side. So the Lord is on the side of his people, first we see in this text, in the midst of overwhelming circumstances. Uh, Verses three through five, listen again, it says, then they would have swallowed us up alive. And what I want you to do is I want you to, to understand what David is saying about his context, but then I want you to apply it to your own context. So this song here, one author says that it's a, it's a individualistic psalm that's clothed in plural dress, meaning it was meant for the people of God to sing it together, but it was meant also for the individual, the son or the daughter of God, to consider how it was true for their own life. So I want you to do that for yourself today. Consider how this is true, that the Lord has been on your side in the midst of overwhelming circumstances. He says, they would have swallowed us up alive. Their anger was kindled against us. The flood, it would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Some of you come in here today and you know exactly what I mean when I talk about an overwhelming circumstance. A circumstance that you find yourself in that you have no idea how you are going to get out. You you feel as if you are being uh, just rushed over with the waters of pain and difficulty and sorrow. Maybe it's an issue at work. Uh, Maybe it's an issue in your personal life. Maybe it's an issue with your kids. You look at your children and, and you see them going through things and you recognize that you have no power to do for them what they need in their life. And it feels overwhelming. You're overwhelmed with fear. You're overwhelmed with doubt. You're overwhelmed with uncertainty. And you look and you cannot find a way to get yourself out of it. I wonder if you can find courage today. I wonder if you can find uh, joy and peace in the fact that even in the midst of those overwhelming circumstances, whatever they are, that the Lord is with you, that the Lord is your help in that moment, and the Lord is on your side. Though you don't know how to get out of that, Though you feel as though you are drowning, the Lord knows exactly what you need. The Lord knows exactly what is necessary for your life. He knows what your kids need. He knows what that situation in the office needs. He knows what your family needs. He knows what your health needs, what your, what your personal uh, issues are. He knows every single one of those. I'm reminded of the, the words that the prophet Isaiah spoke over the people of God. God said this to his people through Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And though the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. Salem Chapel, look up. Look up. The Lord is your help. He's on your side in the midst of overwhelming circumstances. Not only overwhelming circumstances, but David also describes devouring circumstances. And you might say, well, this feels like the same thing, but I think it's helpful to just kind of to consider the different types of things we go through. Overwhelming circumstances, the, the waves are crashing over me, I can't get out of them. Devouring circumstances, uh, he references it like this, as prey to their teeth, right? Many of us, we come in today and our hearts are torn to pieces, We come and we're struggling and we're in anguish today. 
Uh, we, we lay awake at night and the problems of our life seem to be tearing us and eating us as if we are prey for their teeth. You're in relational difficulty and each time you talk to whoever that person is, it feels like you lose more and more of yourself. You go to that place where you know that God has called you to, and you cannot understand why, even though God has called you to that place, you feel as though you're losing a bit of yourself each and every time you are being torn to pieces. And what David says is that our God meets us in the midst of those places, that if it wasn't for God, we would be torn to pieces. We would be prey for their teeth, but because the Lord is our help, Because the Lord is on our side, we can walk forward with a a certain confidence, a certain understanding, right? Isn't that what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants to tear us to pieces, doesn't he? I'm so thankful uh, Peter, when he was writing his letter in 1 Peter chapter 5, you know this verse real well, but, but here's a picture of what it looks like to bear up under devouring circumstances. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. So do you feel like you're being torn to pieces today? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He knows what you need. He knows your desires. He knows your fears. He knows all that is necessary to know. So you can trust him. You can humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him. Does anyone here today have any anxieties? Casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. God's word then tells us, resist him. Stand firm in the faith. And what is our faith but that the Lord has come and been everything for us that was necessary so that in those moments of tearing, in those moments of devouring, in those moments when we're despairing, we can humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God knowing that he knows what we need and that he cares for us, and he will lift us up. So how about you today? You're devouring circumstances. They're tearing you apart. Are you willing to trust the Lord in the midst of those things? Overwhelming circumstances, devouring circumstances, hopeless circumstances. God, there's no way that my spouse will ever trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. God, there's no way that this illness will ever be taken away. God, there's no way that my kids will ever come to know Jesus. God, there's no way that this depression that I feel will ever subside. God, there's no way that these anxieties will go away. God, there's no way. Yet here, David is praising the Lord. He says, blessed be the Lord, for we've escaped like a bird. If you think of an animal that's caught in a net, right? it struggles for a while, and then finally, what does it do? It just stops struggling. It comes to a place in its struggle when it says, there's no hope in this situation. I'm just going to be done struggling. And many of us today, we find ourselves in a place that's hopeless. We're trapped like a bird in a net. But here's David rejoicing, saying, no, we've escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. Why? Because the Lord is our help and he's on our side. Look up, Salem Chapel. The Lord is your help and he's on your side. Psalm chapter 33, verses 17 through 20. In the midst of hopeless circumstances, I wonder if these words would give you encouragement. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, 
The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. That's you and that's me. If you're a son or a daughter of God this morning, you've trusted in Jesus, you're a part of the family of God, adopted in forever. Recipient of all the treasures of heaven, living in the here and now in the kingdom of God, if that's you, your God's eyes are on you. And as your God's eyes are on you, he knows exactly what you need. He is your help and he's on your side. The psalmist here says, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love. Do you hope in his steadfast love today? That they, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. So David, in looking, he's just had this victory over the Philistines, if in fact this is a psalm that he wrote after 2 Samuel chapter 5. He's gone through this battle. He's seen the Lord come through. He's newly anointed as king, but the Lord is already showing him that he's his help as the king, that he's on his side. And it's not just now, but David knows his past history. He knows how the Lord has sustained him in the wilderness. He knows how the Lord was on his side even when he was in the cave on the run from Saul. He knows the way the Lord has acted. He knows the way the Lord is acting now, and he knows the way that the Lord will continue to act. But just like R.C. Sproul said earlier, it's easy to confess with our hearts that God is like this, but it's much harder to believe it. John Calvin, hundreds of years ago, said this, there is scarcely one among a hundred who is fully persuaded that God alone can afford him sufficient help. That man has attained a high rank among the faithful who, resting satisfied in God, never ceases to entertain a lively hope even when he finds no help on earth. I love what Calvin is saying there. He's saying it's pretty rare for a person to get to this place. Doesn't mean that he or she is a super Christian. But what he's highlighting is that when a person gets to that place, fully satisfied in God, recognizing that God truly is his or her help, then they find in that moment an ability to navigate through life, resting in him and entertaining a lively hope, not a dead hope, but a lively hope. I know you went through 1 Peter recently, and it talks about this fact that we're born again to a living hope. And, and Calvin's highlighting that there in that, in that quote, that those who are able to recognize the goodness of God in all of these things, those who are able to rest in his ability to care for them as their help and one who's on their side, they're able to entertain this lively hope even when it looks like there's no help on earth. Have you ever had a conversation with someone, maybe someone in your life, maybe it's someone here at the church who they're really struggling and you don't know how to talk to them in that moment. You think, I don't have the words to say. I, I could never bring words of comfort. And you approach them and you say, hey, I just, just want you to know I'm praying for you. How are you doing? And you're expecting to hear from them in that moment. Uh, I, I'm without hope. I, I'm despairing. I don't know what to do. Uh, have you ever talked to a person where in that moment they say, you know what? The Lord is good. Yeah, things are hard. Doesn't look like there's any hope here on earth, but I know that my God reigns, my King is alive, Jesus has done everything that was necessary for me 
to have hope. You may not have heard those exact words, but have you ever had a conversation with someone like that? And what happens when you have that conversation? You're taken back, aren't you? You think, I I can't imagine being in that situation, yet having that type of hope. I can't imagine being in that pain. I can't imagine having those fears, those, those struggles, and finding myself in a situation where I was still able to say, blessed be the Lord. Praise God, because I've escaped like a bird. I don't know about you, but I desperately want to be that type of person. And I know I can't muster that up. That's not, that has nothing to do with my ability to pick myself up by my bootstraps. It has to do with the work of the Spirit alive inside of me. As the Spirit opens my eyes continually to the goodness of the Lord and to the reality of what He has done for me. Salem Chapel, do you know that the Lord is your help? The Lord is on your side. And because of that, you can praise the Lord just like David did. In fact, I want to just look here real quick. So what does the Lord's help mean for us? Well, Salem Chapel, first it means we can praise Him. We join with the psalmist in Psalm chapter 124 in saying, blessed be the Lord who has not given us his prey to their teeth. We just read those verses. Blessed be the Lord. Praise the Lord. All honor and glory are due to his name. We praise him in the midst of our difficulty because we recognize that ultimately he is worthy of our praise. Do you know today what it looks like to praise the Lord in this place. Salem Chapel, what does the Lord's help mean for us? It means we praise Him. It also means we can trust Him. Psalm chapter 20. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we trust in the name, the character, who He is and what He does. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, those who trust in chariots and horses. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. I can just imagine these people going through their journey and all the treacherous terrain that would have been involved in their journey. Uh, The animals, the wild animals, the the weather, the elements, right? The exhaustion of, of climbing to going to different elevations, And here they are singing this song of praise, declaring their declaration of trust in him. He is our help. He is on our side and we can trust him. Again, it means that we can trust the Lord with the the things that we're struggling with emotionally or mentally. It means we can trust the Lord with our wayward spouse. It means we can trust the Lord with our kids who just don't seem to get it. It means in the midst of infertility, we can trust the Lord, knowing that he is our help and he's on our side. It means that when your boss is an absolute jerk to you, you can trust the Lord, knowing that the one who really matters is your help and he's on your side. We can trust the Lord in the midst of political opposition, whatever side of the aisle you you fall on. You see, the world doesn't rest on your shoulders, and so you can trust the Lord in the midst of that. It doesn't mean you don't advocate or fight for what you believe is right, but it means that at the end of the day, you know that he is the one who puts kings on thrones. It means you can trust the Lord uh, in the midst of a, a bank account that seems to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller. 
means that you can trust the Lord as you go into this new post-pandemic world not knowing what it's going to be like. Will our business even be necessary in the days to come? Students, it means you can trust the Lord as you go into your schools and as you interact with other students who don't have the same worldview or the same faith that you have. It means you can trust the Lord because he has shown in the past, he's showing in the present, and he will surely show it in the future that he is your help and he is on your side. That's really good news for us today. Do you know how good of news that is? You are not hopeless in this world. You've been born again to a living hope. You can praise him. You can trust him. You can rest in his goodness. That's what I want you to see next. You can rest in the goodness of the Lord, recognizing that he is your help. He is on your side, that wherever you go, he goes inside of you, that you are never left without the cover of God in your life. And so wherever you go, you can rest in his goodness. You can rest in the fact that he is making you lie down in green pastures. And that place where he's making you lie down, it may not feel like a green pasture to you, but you can trust that in his goodness, he knows that's a green pasture for you. That that is the place where your soul needs to be nourished. That is the place where your soul needs to be satisfied. That's the place where you're going to experience in even deeper ways the goodness of who God is for you. The psalmist says in Psalm 116, return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully for you. Ask yourself today, how has the Lord dealt bountifully with you? I really want you to do it. I want you to just consider in your inner dialogue here, how has the Lord dealt bountifully with me? you have a piece of paper even, just write it down. How has the Lord dealt bountifully with you? Has he given you a a family to be loved in? He's dealt bountifully with you. Has he given you air to breathe? He's dealt bountifully with you. Has he given you people in your life that will speak truth to you? He's dealt bountifully with you. Has he given you a job? Has he given you health? Has he given you things that you enjoy doing? He's dealt bountifully with you. Has he given you a wonderful church to be part of? He's dealt bountifully with you. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You see, David is going through this moment where he's celebrating this victory. He's saying, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, then all of these things would have happened, but they didn't happen. And what we know is throughout the rest of Scripture, when David writes in other Psalms, that oftentimes those things did happen, but David was still able to fall on the goodness of the Lord. He was able to trust in his goodness. He was able to praise the Lord even in the midst of those difficult circumstances. He was able to walk with humble confidence. Salem Chapel, what does this help mean for us? It means we can walk with a humble confidence. It means that when you leave this place, again, as I said, the Lord is in you. If you're a son or a daughter of God, what I mean by that is that if you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've come to a place where you recognize that you were never going to be good enough, you would never be strong enough, you would never be able to, to care for yourself, heal yourself, save yourself. And so you've come to a place in your life where you've said, Jesus, I need you. Because Jesus is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. Anyone who trusts in him now has eternal life, salvation. You're brought into the family of God. If that's you, then you can walk with a humble confidence, 
a confidence knowing that the God who has already been victorious lives inside of you, but also a humility that recognizes that you did not do this for yourself, and so every breath that you take, it's a gift that the Lord has given to you. Now, if you haven't trusted in Jesus in that way, Maybe you're here, you're playing lip service, you're, you're just kind of going through the motions, you're here because a girlfriend wanted you to come, or you're here because your parents made you come, or maybe you just stumbled in here today, but you haven't trusted in Jesus. If that's you, then you don't have that humble confidence. You don't have that confidence that God is alive inside of you. And so today is another wonderful opportunity to, to, to ask the Lord, God, would you save me? To allow the Lord to open your eyes to the beauty of who he is and to put your faith and your trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior so that you can say like the psalmist in Psalm 121, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The psalmist is there saying, everywhere I go, every place, every step the Lord gives me to take, I go knowing that the Lord is my shade, that I will not be struck down in any way. The Lord does not want me to be struck down. I will be protected and cared for. I have a humble confidence. And you can too. And then finally this, we're done. Sound Chapel, what does the Lord's help mean for us? Well, it means that we can live in his victory. I just told you about Jesus who came and lived for you lived a perfect life, a life that you never could have lived, died a blameless death, a death that was rightfully yours and rightfully mine. He went to the cross, though he didn't deserve it. On that cross took the punishment that you deserve and that I deserve. And on that cross, though the enemy thought he was victorious, we know that ultimately what was happening was that God was having the victory over the enemy. That the enemy thought it was over and Jesus went into that grave and then after three days, Jesus raised to life, showing that God the Father had accepted the sacrifice of the Son and also showing that he was victorious over any, everything that the enemy would ever throw at us. And so Jesus did that for you and for me, not just so that we would have some great story to talk about, not so that we would just have a good example to look at, but instead so that as he lived in victory, we can now live in victory. That's our grace story. That's, that's what God has done in our life so that we recognize it in our own lives and we then proclaim it to the people around us. You see, we can live in victory, just like David lived in victory after that battle with the Philistines. In a much greater way, you and I in the here and now get to live in the victory of God on our behalf. The God who has been our help, the God who is on our side, the God who gave everything so that we would be brought into the family of God. Colossians, Paul says this in chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. He says, in you, Jamin, I want to put my name in there. I encourage you to put your name there. And you, whoever you were, you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God has made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. And this he set aside. Just get the imagery. Nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he put them to open shame as if there was a victory parade after the war and God had the enemy just paraded down the street, puts them to open shame by triumphing over them and him.
Look up, Salem Chapel. The Lord is your help, and he is on your side. Can you see it? Are you able to recognize where he is showing you that? Are you able to look at those moments, those things that you came into this place carrying those burdens? Are you able to recognize how the Lord has been faithful in the midst of every single one of them? Are you able to see the goodness of the Lord in your life? Are you able to recognize the help that he has been? I'd encourage you today as you leave this place, tell someone about it. If you came with someone, talk about it on the way home. Hey, let me tell you how the Lord has helped me. Here's one of the ways I'm seeing that the Lord is on my side. It could be something really profound or it could be something really simple. I was able to bend over today and tie my shoes, right? Which is not easy for some of us, right? So you can tell whatever it is that the Lord has done for you and share that great story. James Montgomery Boyce, he says this, he says, the help that's to be found in God is our help. It's not someone else's, but it's our very own help. We have tested God's word. As the people of God, we have tested God's word, and we have found God to be everything that he has described himself as being. We look to the past, and we testify, the Lord has helped me. We look to the present, and we assert, the Lord is my help even to this very day. And we look to the future, and we affirm, the Lord will be my help forever. I hope you believe that. Look up, Salem Chapel. The Lord is your help, and he's on your side. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, we rejoice in your goodness toward us. God, we thank you that though we could not help ourselves, you have helped us. You have stood in there for us and you've done everything that was necessary for us to experience life in the kingdom with you. We thank you for the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus on our behalf. We thank you that now we can praise you, we can trust you, we can rest in your goodness with a humble confidence, and ultimately we can live in the victory that you have secured for us. Father, for those today in the midst of overwhelming circumstances, God, would you rescue them from the raging waters? God, for those that feel like they're in devouring circumstances, would you, would you help them so that they don't become prey for the teeth of their circumstances? God, for those who feel helpless today like an animal caught in a net, God, I ask that you would rip that net apart and you would allow them to escape like a bird today. Father, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Thanks for letting me be here with you today.